Dwight Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment. No illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because today's guests are two more of my spring semester criminal justice 101 students. giving emerging adults a voice. Ladies and gentlemen. I introduce to some and present to others the innovative and resourceful Ms. Megan Gonzalez and Mr. Kevin Melcher. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Pleasure being here. We're going to get into segment one. But before we get into segment one, I just want to ask you how you guys are doing. It's the <laughs> pandemic that's going on and you're, all, you're learning online How's things going? Are you able to, or have you been able to navigate the course, Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no problems na- navigating the course? No, no problems at all. Okay. Yes. Okay. What about you, Megan? Yeah, it's been going great. I've ha- I've been, you know, taking the online classes for the past year now, so it's smooth sailing. All right. Very good. We've had three homework assignments. This is week four. We've had three homework assignments and one exam, and you guys have performed exceptionally well. So very proud of you guys. And thank you for being on the show on today. All right. So segment one, segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, Tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, your planned major, why you enrolled in the class, and give us one career goal, beginning with you, Megan. Okay, I was uh, born and raised in Dickinson, North Dakota, and I went to the public schools in Dickinson and Dickinson High School. My uh, major is radiography. Uh, I took this class because I was scrolling through the available online class for the semester, and it seemed like the most interesting. Uh, a career goal would, would be just to find a job that I love and provide stability for me and my family. All right. Very good. Kevin? All right. I was born here in Bloomington, raised here too. I attended Bloomington High School. Uh, I planned to major in criminal justice. And the reason I chose to enroll into this class was, well, it's basic understanding of criminal justice, you know, an introduction to it. So start somewhere. And I figured starting, why not start with this class as an introduction. And one career goal would probably be to complete all my courses and to major in criminal justice and do something I want to do, you know, and that I enjoy. 
and then also provide for my family. Very good. So, Kevin, you attended Bloomington High School, huh? Yeah. All right. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Mm-hmm. As, as my twin daughter and son would always say, once a Raider, <laughs> always a Raider. With you, Megan, you did you say North Dakota? Yeah, I did. How did you get to Bloomington Normal? Well, uh, my mom, she uh, moved here with her husband. And uh, after I separated from my husband, they were like, you know, come over here and, you know, stay with us for a while and get started on, you know, your education. So that's what I did. Very good. All right. Segment two, constitutional rights. The theme of our course textbook is individual rights versus public safety. It poses the question, is there times when we should give up our individual rights for the safety of the American people, i.e. 9-11 and the insurrection, where the courts are ordering insurrectionists to turn over their emails and phone records? We all have individual rights that the system must respect. That said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Beginning with you, Kevin. Uh, I think probably my favorite constitutional right is probably the Sixth Amendment. And the reason being is... Everybody, you know, gets a chance to be have a trial. So basically, you you don't get thrown in jail right away for committing a crime. You actually have a chance to like stand up for yourself in the court. Okay, Megan. Yeah, I agree with Kevin. The Sixth Amendment is my favorite because it's important that everyone should have a you know a right to a speedy trial with a lawyer, so they aren't you know sitting around forever waiting for their chance to prove their innocence and uh, you know get away from you know the suspicion of guilt that they you know might be under. Okay. Yeah. The law says that anything that you say can and will be held against you. And so you have a right to an attorney if you cannot afford one. You guys are exactly right. That is one of the best rights that we have in our criminal justice system because it protects us uh, from self-incrimination. So we always can ask for an attorney once we are arrested. Uh, Before we move on to segment three, In chapter four, you've learned about mens rea, actus reus, the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony offense, rules of evidence that governs a trial, mala in se crimes, mala prohibitive crimes, and much more. Mala in se crimes are crimes bad in and of themselves, like murder, rape, and robbery. Behaviors that have been outlawed since the early Bible days, but mala prohibitive crimes are acts that a consensus of the American people believe should be outlawed. So marijuana or cannabis violations are one of those crimes that we consider to be malaprohibitive crimes. My question to you is, should cannabis continue to be outlawed, decriminalized, or legalized? Beginning with you, Megan. Um, I think it should be legalized uh, just because I think it's unfair that, you know, so many people are getting jail sentences that are longer than serious crimes for, you know, just, you know, smoking a joint and, you know, (laughs) even uh, medical patients, you know, it's been proven that, uh, you know, marijuana will help with, you know, ease their pain. And I think it should be more readily available for them. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I have to agree with Megan that it should be legalized. As you know, it has medical benefits and yeah, you really shouldn't be having jail time just for smoking, I guess. Okay. All right. Because it is actually legalized in some states, right? Yeah. It's legal in the state of Illinois. 
uh, the main thing is that it is outlawed and it is not legal at the federal level. What do you guys think? Do you agree that it should be legalized at the federal level as well? Yeah. All right. You too, Kevin? Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. I got you on the books now. All right. As emerging adults going through life who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say you about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Beginning with you, Kevin. I truly believe that there is white supremacy and Black Lives Matter. I do believe Black Lives Matter, but I also believe that all lives should matter. You know, it's not just the blacks that get stuff done against them, you know. Being a Latino, you know, I also have seen where stuff happens to Latinos and it's tough to see because in my eyes, Latinos are hard workers. And then it's just hard to see them that stuff happening to them. Absolutely. Megan? Uh, Yeah, with white supremacy, with the political divide over the past several years, it has been, you know, eye opening to discover the way people in our lives and communities, you know, truly feel. And it's also I believe that many white people have, you know, internal biases that they may not even realize or want to acknowledge that have been passed down and imprinted on them over the years. And as far as Black Lives Matter, I think it's, you know, past time everyone realizes the struggles for black people and other minorities and, you know, rally behind them in order to achieve some change. Awesome, Megan. Awesome. All right. I always ask my guests, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Beginning with you, Megan. Uh, I'd like him to, you know, find a way to continue the monthly child tax credits because, you know, it's lifted uh, so many people out of poverty, you know, helping them out month to month. Plus, you know, in turn, it might let people like turn away from crime in order, you know, because some people turn to crime in order to support their families if they're living in poverty and, uh, you know, and or if they don't have parental or adult involvement. So, you know, they might get into illegal acts or things like that in order to, you know, just have some people who support them or, you know, in order to have food or money to support their own families. Kevin? One thing I wanted them to accomplish is probably to give access to immigrants, like give them a chance to come in here, provide labor work, like, you know, get a job. Because I think at the moment in the country, there's like a worker shortage, you know, and then inflation is also hitting, like stuff is going up in price. You know, allowing immigrants to come in and helping, you know, provide the economy by working and all that taxes. Since, you know, there isn't that many workers at the moment because, you know, a lot of people are unemployed, trying to get those unemployment benefits and, you know, having it easy. But then if nobody's working, then how is that going to provide for the economy if there's a worker shortage? So uh, finding a way to allow immigrants to come in, you know, help provide to the economy. You know, there's a lot of people that are from other countries that would love to be here and have, you know, start working and provide for their families here and then also their families back in another country. Because here in America, it's a land of opportunity. And that's one thing I'd like to see the Biden administration accomplish is a way to allow immigrants to come in and work and provide for the economy and also for themselves and their families. Absolutely. Awesome, Kevin. Okay. What do you think about free community college? Do you think that community college should be free? Honestly, I do think that community college should be free. um, Because, you know, once you get into another college, like the actual college, the prices for that, it's really expensive. All right. And then all that debt. It's just going to keep accumulating like over the years. It's going to keep with all that interest and all that. It's really tough. And then 
after you graduate, you still you're still in with that debt if you don't have the money pay for it at the time. Awesome. Megan? Yeah, I agree with Kevin that it should be free or at least more readily available um, because, you know, I think education is, you know, is a right more than a privilege. And, you know, when you're going to community college, you're usually just doing your required classes and you shouldn't be, you know, going into debt in order to get your required classes. And plus also you might be able to take some additional classes to find out if that's, you know, your major is really what you're interested in, or maybe it's, you know, something else might strike your fancy and realize, oh, I might want to switch to that area instead. Great. Voter suppression and having our vote count is very important that our vote can impact the criminal justice system, corrections and the courts. There was a woman by the name of Pamela Moses who got six years just for registering to vote. Her probation officer informed her she could vote. The county clerk never took her off the voting roll, and she took all necessary steps to make sure she could vote. But she ended up being sentenced to six years in prison just for registering to vote. But there were four Caucasian men who intentionally, talking about this last election, who intentionally voted for their deceased family members. <laughs> can get ready for that. Voted for their deceased family members. All four of them got probation and, and a couple of them just got a couple of days in jail. Evidencing that there are two justice systems. So can you talk a little bit about, I think in you guys' survey, you guys said that voting was important and can have an impact on the criminal justice system. Can you just talk a little bit about that and or give me what you were thinking when you answered that? Getting with you, Megan. I think it's you know ridiculous that people in different communities are being charged with, you know, six years in prison compared to, you know, a slap on the wrist, basically. Our election should come down to, you know, more than, you know, certain communities who are voting. It should be, you know, the voice of everyone across the country. And how can we, you know, make change or have the rights of everybody in mind if we're blocking out certain voices? Awesome. Kevin? Yeah, I have to agree with Megan that it's kind of stupid that on one side you get six years and then on another side, just from being from a different community that you only get like a few days. And yeah, I believe that our vote should matter. Like they shouldn't just like, Oh, you voted and but then we're not going to take your vote into account. We're going to do what we believe is best. Like, I don't believe that that should be a thing. I believe that our vote really shouldn't matter. But once it gets up there to like the higher ups, like basically they have the bigger say, like our vote is just like a route for them to start growing from there. And then they really just make their own decisions, to be honest. Well, I want you to know, Kevin, Megan, that voting, as you very well know, is important. I can't tell you who to vote for, but I want to encourage you to vote because there are many people who have sacrificed their lives just so that you could actually vote. It is very important that we exercise that because voting can be correlated with the criminal justice system in terms of what we actually have the right to do. You know, you have some people who will criticize you for not doing enough 
when you're trying to do everything that you can to make a difference, but they don't even vote. They don't even vote or they don't even have the right to vote. And then they want to get on you when you're actually doing your best to try to speak out against injustices and things that are wrong. All right. Very good, guys. Let me give you just one opportunity to use problem solving, and it's regarding police. And so if I asked you the question, what's one thing that you would do in order to make police departments and law enforcement better, what would you say? Beginning with you, Megan. Uh, I think that they need more education to start with and more training to start with. And I think the training and education could continue throughout their careers, like not just once they're in, they're in, you know, continuing education like teachers and hairdressers and all kinds of other occupations have to continue to, you know, work on their trade and, you know, get up to date. So I think the police should be doing the same thing. Okay. Kevin? Uh, yeah, I also agree with Megan that the police um, should be getting more educated as they go. Like they shouldn't just stop just because as soon as you get in, oh, you don't, you're just in and you don't have to keep learning anymore. I believe that should continue to learn, you know, uh, do the right measures when a crime is committed. Just so they don't have to go to the extreme and basically, oh, I can just because I'm a police officer, I have like more power over them. It should be educated. You know, just so they're not allowed to do like their own thing, just because they're a police police officer, they have the badge and they basically have more power over the person. But yeah, it's like more education on them. Awesome. You guys have been fabulous. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Heartland Community College students, important constitutional rights and emerging adult voices on how to make America great. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed. speak.